Are you aware that Scripture reveals the earth and the heavens were created in perfection, and the angels of God, including Lucifer, reveled here with angelic hosts, all under the banner of God's glory? As the Bible indicates, Satan sinned and was cast out of heaven like lightning with a third of God's angels. It was at this time that God removed his presence and glory, thus the earth was covered with waters, transitioned to utter darkness, and became void. This ultimately sets the gears in motion for the six days of creation as God specifically makes man in his image. Join us now as we deep dive into the scriptures concerning the earth before Adam. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello and good day, everybody. My name is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Thank you very much for joining. I am very grateful for your time. As I often like to say, I hope and trust that this will be time well spent because I recognize your time is valuable, and I'm very appreciative of it. Today's topic, the earth before Adam. That's right, I said it, the earth before Adam. Uh, Emphasis today will be on Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and then eventually jumping over to verse 3. And you say, well, you know, why just these few verses and what do you mean the earth before Adam? And that's what I'm about to get into. I think you'll find that there is an incredible amount of vast richness in the opening verses of the book of Genesis so that's the intent and that's the objective here today. And, and who doesn't want to know about their past? At least I do. And, and to be honest with you, I find this thrilling. I find this information exhilarating and because it you know, allows you into the thoughts and the intents and the heart of God. And, and ultimately, you know, I, I can't think of a better place to be or, or better information to, to glean from. Uh, so so that's, you know, that's what we're going to be doing today. Before I begin, please hit the like and the subscribe button. Uh, there's also a bell that if you could ring that bell. Again, this really helps us get the information out. Please don't minimize this. Uh, and, and really, because that's what we're trying to do is get the information into people so that they can make informed decisions, uh, not only you know concerning the subject matter, but potentially matters that impact the soul and eternity. Uh, and, and, and so often I've said this before, I, I, I hope I'm not being too repetitive, but, you know, our, our intent is to look objectively at things through all different lenses, all different uh, sources of information. This is not just strictly biblical, although today is. Um, and, and why biblical? Because I believe that the validity of the word of God has been proven time and time and time and time and time again to be so incredibly spot on accurate. You can't deny it. Um, but with that like and subscribe, if you could, um, also, uh, uh, if you could share the information on, on the various social media platforms, we're on a lot of them, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're on Twitter. Um, and so if you could share it as well as jump on our email list, you can do that by getting on russicoutlook.com. There's a pop-up window that you can sign up your email. All we do with it is alert you to new information and topics that are coming out. And I will say that in the fall, we're going to be making some new announcements via that email. So if you're on that email, you'll get it. Uh, And it's pretty exciting. So uh, it's something you may want to get involved in and participate in with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So I'll I'll just leave it at that. But let's, let's get into this again, the earth before Adam. So I'm going to read the opening three scriptures of Genesis here. 
uh, if you're following me on video and you, you can obviously hear on podcast. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I will say a lot of what I'm going to be reading, um, particularly when it comes to these verses, I'm relying upon the Hebrew translation because it was originally written that way. And and you'll see as we go along that the Hebrew translations on a number of areas really uh, imparts a lot of uh, rich wisdom, I'll, I'll say. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stop. God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, now the earth was unformed and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So right there, God created the heaven and the earth. It's done. It created, past tense. Then it goes to a new tense or, or, a, a, time or a point after. It says, now... The earth was unformed and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So there's a second step. There's something else that happened after the creation. And then verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And from verse 3 on, I think most people would understand that begins the account of the seven days of creation, or the six days, seventh day God resting on. And so, um, you know, but my point here is verses 1 and 2 where we see what I would say is a conflict of information if you think that this was the beginning of creation. And I would contend that it's not. I'll, I'll just be upfront with you. So I, I've broken this down into Genesis 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3. If you're following me on video, it's a very simple block diagram with, with circles. And again, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now let's focus on verse 2. The earth was unformed and void, and darkness. And means something happened after, there was something before. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So there's a number of things that happened there. One, Genesis 1-1, the earth, the heavens and the earth was, was formed, it's done. Step two, or, or the next, I, I want to say... In, necessarily step, but the next event that's recorded here, that it, the earth became unformed and void, and in that unformedness, and, and, and that's not a word, uh, that chaos, I'll call it, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God. So something happened, something catastrophic happened, and darkness was upon the face of, of the deep, and then the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So there's a lot happening in these two verses. And then verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So let me dig a little bit deeper here and tell you what I'm, what, what, the way I interpret it, the way I'm seeing it. So in the beginning, was God created the heaven and the earth. And if you're following me on video, I have the same type of approach with the block diagram, just with different images. And what I am saying that the beginning was done and that verse two is about Lucifer's judgment uh, where there was darkness and there was waters that covered the face of the earth. So I will say, and we'll point this out and I'll back this up in scripture that there, this was your first catastrophic calamity uh, that involved a worldwide flood. This was not Noah's flood. And, and and then you have the, the creation beginning, the six days uh, uh, of creation, 
involving man and Adam. So this is what this is the premise of what I'm going to try to get to, and I'm going to back it up with scripture. So you know, true, kind of the way God works, I'm I'm giving you the end from the beginning. Uh, so I'm, I'm stating where I believe that this is showing where it's going to land. And then what I'd like to do is substantiate this with Scripture. So I, I, I wanted to get to uh, the, the earth was without form and void. And there's some, some interesting information I want to just break down with you. And again, this goes back to the Hebrew and the Hebrew translations. So the Hebrew words that without form and void are rhyming words. And it's phonetically pronounced tohu vabohu. And the English lexicon defines this as tohu means formlessness, confusion, unreality, emptiness, chaos, and waste. Bohu means emptiness. Va simply means the word end. The word end is going to become important as we break this down even further. So, so that, that's the Hebrew. I wanted to just point out a, a little brief little story written, and you can find this in, in a book by Billy Brim called The Blood and the Glory. I think she was, she, yeah, she was teaching in a Bible school in Germany, and a woman, she was, I, I guess, talking about this with Tohu Vabohu. And she said the woman stood up and, and, and uh, she said she understood these Hebrew words. And she, she went on to say, we know that Tohu Vabohu means she, uh, we use that, we, we know what it means, I'm sorry. She spoke out loudly. We use that saying, we got it from the Jews. It's like this. You cleaned your house perfectly. It is spotless. Then you walk down the hall and open the door to your teenager's room and you scream, this place is tohu vabohu. Clean it at once. So I think that's a great analogy, uh, you know, of, of what could happen. And this is, again, what she's passing on as, as a uh, comparison of what the, the Jews had taught her in Germany. But picture that, you know, you, you work all day, maybe your house is spotless, perfect, you just got it. Teenager walks in, he goes into his room and he does his thing or her thing. And, and it's chaos. And, you know, uh, I think most parents who, who've raised teenage sons and daughters can, can relate to that. So let me go on. Uh, and and let, let me just say this, that, you know, when God creates something, he says, God created the heavens and the earth. It's not formless. It's not confusion. It's not tohu vabohu. God's work is perfect. And we know that from De- Deuteronomy 32.4. Psalm 111.3 says God's work is glorious. Uh, so, you know, and, and we're going to get into this where the Bible provides its commentary on tohu vabohu. Uh, first, it specifically states that, that that God did not make tohu. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, Isaiah forty five eighteen. We're going to come back to the scripture in a little bit too. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and made it. He established it. He created it not in vain, meaning tohu. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. God created earth in a state of glorious perfection. So if God created this state of glorious perfection, how did it become tohu vabohu? And again, we see this in verse 2. So as I said earlier, the earth kind of fell into this chaotic or cataclysmic ruin described in the Bible's second verse. The Hebrew word translated for Genesis 1-2 is pretty enlightening. It gives the basic meaning of this verb as fall out, come to pass, become, be. Further definitions include happen, occur, or come to pass. 
with the meaning of this, so as it comes to pass, the King James translate the same word, and, and it was so. And we see this in Genesis 1, 7, 9, 11, and, I, and I've listed a bunch of scriptures if you're following me on video. And if not, you can, you can jump on video and get them if you want to look them up. Uh, in many places, the King James Version translates the word, and it came to pass. So Genesis 12, 14 is one of them. The first two verses of the Bible can be translated as well. So it would be translated this way via the King James. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Uh, E.W. Bullinger's comments in the Companion Bible state it like this, not created, tohu, as in Isaiah 45, 18, but became tohu, Genesis 1, 2, 2 Peter 3, 5, and 6. We'll get into 2 Peter later on. And so something catastrophic happened between the first and second verses of Genesis. Again, this is substantiated by E.W. Bollinger in the Companion Bible. So I'm going to go through a number of scriptures here that I believe will paint the picture. Job 38, 4, 11, um, 4 through 11, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is God talking to Job, and he says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimension? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Uh, on what were its footings set, and who laid its cornerstone? Now, this is important right here. While the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. So he's describing to him what he did, and he's saying that the morning stars, the angels, were there at this creation, and they shouted for joy. It goes on to say, Who shut up the sea behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? And this is important. When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. So, you know, number one, what that tells me is that there were these clouds beforehand in, in creation and after the fact then and wrapped it in thick darkness. Jumping over to Jeremiah 4, 23 through 28. I love this. Is, this is incredible. I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. So think about it. God is light. So God clearly, you know, removed himself from it, put himself uh, you know, uh, um, with, 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 without being able to be seen from it, I, I guess you would say. That's probably not the best way of, uh, of breaking that down, but bear with me. Um, but the heavens had no light, and it was without form. Uh, follow me here, the, the next highlight in green and yellow. Uh, I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness. All its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. For, for thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. For this the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above be black. Because I have spoken, I will not relent, nor will I turn back from it. So you're, you're, you've painted the picture, or the Lord's painted the picture, that the heavens were created, and then something happened, and it went black. So now I'm jumping over to Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, 
This is the lamentation for the king of Tyre, otherwise known as Satan. Uh, starting in the green highlight here, talking, uh, actually, let me begin, let, 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 let me start here from the beginning. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God. So this is uh, something that the Lord God is revealing to Ezekiel, his prophet, and write these words down. And this is what he's saying. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. So he's painting the picture and, and very clearly that that Satan or Lucifer at the time was this created angelic be, being uh, where he had the pipes built into him. He led worship, so to speak, you know, in, in heaven. And, and he was in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord is kind of painting him in the Garden of Eden in his perfect state, in the state that he created him. So it goes on to say, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I bought fire from your midst that devoured you. I turn you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Whew, there's a lot in there. But so here you have one of the loftiest angels, um, certainly, you know, ranking right up there. Um, and, 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 you know, in the, and the word of God talks about these four uh, you know, the four uh, uh, angels in heaven, uh, you know, worshiping God. And, and this, to me, would have been the fifth. Um, but, you know, and, and basically, you know, here you are, you were at the top, you were, you were so highly uh, relegated or re revered, I should say. And, and then that quickly you fell because sin and iniquity came into your heart. Uh, but my point here is that God has painted the picture that that Satan or Lucifer was here on earth, was in the Garden of Eden, uh, was in the splendor of, of the original creation before this cataclysmic event, which also means that the Garden of Eden was created there originally um, where, where, where Lucifer was before the creation of man. Let me just put it that way. I think that's pretty clear. The fall of Lucifer. I'm going to quote Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, just think about this for a second. I will ascend, which means he's lower than heaven. So 
I believe he's painting a picture of being here on the earth. And it says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So if he's looking up, he needs to ascend, and he sees stars up in front of him. That to me shows me that he is here in the earth, in 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 the in the original creation, and he this is where sin, you know, where the description of sin begins to fall. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, and again here, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. So clouds are there. He wants to ascend on high into the heavens. He's mentioning the clouds, he's mentioning stars. He must go up. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest pits, depths of the pit. So there's that. It's it's really the the prophecy where God is saying you are, you know, you you've desired to ascend this high, but Sheol, otherwise known throughout the Old Testament as, uh, I I don't want to say hell because that that's a different definition for the ultimate, but. A, a place beneath the earth um, where you you have the, um, uh, 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 this, in the Old Testament, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, uh, where you have the people who uh, eventually will go to heaven and then the people who eventually will go to uh, to the pit or what a lot of people know as hell. That's another story. I've covered that in, in, in other topics before. But again, that's a prophecy uh, there saying I, I, you will be brought down to Sheol. I'm going to go back to 40, Isaiah 45, 18 uh, again here. Uh, For this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he found it. He did not create it to be empty, but it formed it to be inhabited. So if Isaiah is saying here that it was not created to be empty, that means at one point it was empty. That means that the dark, when the darkness fell upon the face of the deep and, and the waters covered the earth, that was the darkness. That was, that was not the initial intent or the plan or the, uh, you know, the plan of God, I would say. Uh, but he formed it to be inhabited. So really what the Lord is going to do is he is going to inhabit the earth with man. Uh, I'm going to now go into Second Peter. I wanted to read the Amplified. I, I thought this really kind of breaks it down a little bit better here. Uh, and, and some of these you may know, uh, but I'm going to read some additional information that I think is, is overall is relevant. Uh, first of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last day with their mocking following after their own human desires and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death, all things have continued as they did from the beginning of creation. So again, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, chances are people will, or if you start to share this information and the message of salvation and that Jesus is coming back, you, you, you will be mocked by some. And, you know, count it a feather in your cap as far as I'm concerned. Uh, for they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God. This is what I wanted to get to. And the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. So he's talking about that time being a previous time. So this is not the this is not what what the flood of Noah, which is what a lot of people will contend that this is the uh, this is the 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 cataclysmic judgment. I keep using that word cataclysmic. Must be something in there. 
it's the judgment of God. So this is what, what's being referred to. Verse 7, by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. So this is the first flood that infected the, affected the entire universe. Notice that Noah is not mentioned. The ark is not mentioned. Whenever in Scripture they're referring to the flood of Noah's day, it talks about either the ark or Noah, and that's, there's no mention of that in here. Why? Because this is what, what Peter is talking about. And then you have, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will vanish with a mighty and thunderous roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth that works on it will be burned up. So let me tell you now, for all you climate people, and I believe in taking care of the earth, so you know, I'm, you know, we are to be good stewards, but eventually this earth will be destroyed uh, at the end of the thousand-year millennial reign of, of, of Jesus, and we will have a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and you can even check uh, that the sun is actually counting down, uh, and science have, has, has proven that. Uh, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people? What kind of people ought you to be in the meantime in holy behavior? That is, in a pattern of daily life that sets you apart as a believer, and in godliness, displaying profound reverence toward our awesome God. While you earnestly look for and await the coming day of God, for on this day the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the material elements will melt, melt with intense heat. But in accordance with his promise, was expectantly await the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. So you you will have ultimately the new heaven and the new earth. But I just wanted to point out here that Peter was talking about this this event that happened that does not refer to the the flood of Noah's day. So with the creation of Adam, Jesus. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit gave Adam authority. Verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. And you can go on, verse 27, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created. And God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Notice the word replenish means it was filled at one point, right? This is Adam. This is the first Adam. This is, but yet he's saying replenish the earth, which means the earth was filled beforehand. So this is a new creation that, that starts here. And this is the flesh part of it. And then with the uh, crucifixion and resurrection, the spirit man is, is then replenished. So then you, you have, uh, spirit, uh, I'm sorry, flesh joining spirit with the New Testament. Uh, you know what? I'm going to show you here in a minute what I'm, but I just, for a second, let me just say, put yourself in Satan's shoes for one second. You've had this, all of this splendor. You've had all of the glory. You were the anointed cherub. You've fallen and, and, and you know what, you know, befalls you. And on top of it, now God comes down and makes man in the image of God. So picture not only Satan and his cohorts, but all of the angels. They marvel at this. They, 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 they're jealous of, of, of what God has done in us, where he's, he's made us in his image, 
and given us, these frail, weak human beings, the ability to overcome, ultimately through the blood of Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why I'm getting going down that road, but uh, must be for somebody out there. And, but at any rate, you know, you we've been given this wonderful gift that was once, or to be stewards and in charge of, that was once Satan's domain. Uh, if I were to equate this as New York Italian, it's one person taking over another person's territory. There's the New York in me. So here we go, and, and, and winding this out. So I will put in Genesis 3.15, this is the very first prophecy given in the Bible. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise her head, thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So Satan's been given his death sentence here. And it's the prophetic death sentence that, you know, we know what that means coming through the seed of the woman. So Satan is mad. And, and you know, the closer it gets to the end, and I believe we are living in, in the last days. What that means date-wise, I have no idea. But I, I say often, you know, it could be 5, 10 years, 20 years. But even if it's 100 years, that's not that far away. Um, so he looks at, and, and again, this is my interpretation of this weak, pathetic man made in God's image and has taken over his territory. Uh, so hence the temptation and, and hence his his uh, obsession to destroy the bloodline of Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, so that's kind of you know where I'd like to bring you to in, in my closing. As I said in the beginning, uh, this is what I believe in, in Scripture. I've borne this out now that sons of God were there. Sons of God were in the earth. We know that Isaiah 45, 18, it inhabited the earth. Then you transition to verse 1 and 2. Yet generation, um, generation, Genesis 1, 2 states without form and void. So a second event happened. And then God said in verse 3, let there be light. And there was light. So I'm going to be breaking this down a lot further in, in other uh, teachings to come. I, because I, I, I believe this will show you a, a lot of information concerning dinosaurs, concerning the Ice Age, and a whole host of other things when we get into the Nephilim and the giants, and that, that there's a vast richness of, of information coming down the pike I hope to be able to share with you soon. So uh, on, on that, I, I'd like to thank you again for your time. I hope and trust this was uh, something enjoyable for you. Again, I find it riveting because it's the Word of God, and there's nothing more exciting to me as I break down Scripture because I'm sure, as a lot of you, the more you read, the less you know, and, and, and that's, a, that's a great thing. So again, if you have questions, comments, please email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Always happy. Prayer requests, absolutely. Uh, and again, if you could jump on our email list, it, I, I'd really appreciate it, and again, you're going to be hearing some things down the road near the end of the summer about some of, some, some stuff that's going to happen in the fall. Uh, so on that note, you've been listening to the Rustic Outlook. As always, just my opinion.